I'm OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors, and you're listening to the Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Double Clutch NBA Podcast presented by Leaning. I am Matthew Wellington. I'm back finally after a couple of weeks off, I think. Joined once again by the man who's always got one shoe, it's Mike Miller. <laughs> Hello. That's never going to get old. I was going to no. <laughs> bring up your um, that you're still bitter about not being drafted by the junior NBA, but it seems a bit of a sore spot. No, it's a very sore spot, but there have been plenty of undrafted <laughs> all-stars and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely one of them, he says. Feeling, <laughs> feeling like he's definitely not ever going to get drafted. You grew up with the wrong generation of fans. If you'd have been this generation, then you'd have been loving life. Yeah, yeah, I might still love life, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not put it down or anything. Um, right, I don't know if we've got. I don't think we've got any housekeeping. Not that I'm aware of. Um, there's been one article I think during the last week since the last show, which was put up there by uh, Josh Coyne, um, featuring a rather amusing photo of Kevin Durant with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, which I that thought was, was great. Like, that's, 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 <laughs> some, that's some good Photoshop going on there. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that. I was a little bit like, uh, okay, <laughs> but no, it's it's good. Uh, yeah, good, good article from Josh. I liked it. Okay, okay. Um, we're gonna jump all over the place tonight because, as usual, we don't tend to have a plan when me and Mike turn up. Um, we're gonna talk about about Kobe a little bit later. Um, we're gonna go over the Christmas Day games actually because obviously next week. Well, oh, hang on, hang on. When is Christmas? A week today. A week at today. Time of recording. Okay, which... a week today at time of recording. We will all be sitting there. Watching one of the games. Um, hang on, we'll be, we'll be in the second Cavs. game. Warriors yeah. Cavs. Actually, we'd be watching right now. Um, so we're we're going to preview those. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit briefly about the uh, the Toronto Raptors who played on NBA Sunday last night. Obviously, the prime time game. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll get started. Uh, Raptors last night they won a game one hundred eight to ninety three versus the Kings. I I cannot get over how impressed I've I've been from the Raptors, and we this seems to be like a broken record. We say this every year, but. They they look different this year from all the the other years. I mean, they've won their last nine home games. They've got one of the best offenses and one of the best defenses in the NBA. And, and they're not just winning games; they're like blowing out teams as well. They, they've got the third highest margin of victory behind the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors, and they've put themselves almost in an elite tier of offensive efficiency. Really. So, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on the Raptors and whether you've watched them a lot this season because. Going into this year, I didn't really know where I, well, I just didn't know where I stood with the Raptors, really. Like, I thought they'd be good, but I didn't realise they'd completely rework how they play offence and that they would get this big an impact off off the bench. Guys like Pascal Siakam and obviously OJ Ananobi coming on really well. So, um, I think I feel like I'm starting to sound like a broken record on this pod at the minute. Um, I'm going to have to temper your optimism because every year... (laughs) The Raptors do this to everyone in the regular season. They they smash people left, right, and centre. We always expect them to be a top two seed. This season probably not. Um, but they 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 never fail to be consistently good, but overall underwhelming in the playoffs. And it's I don't. It could be different this year, but it could be different every year. I think you was it you last year who predicted them making the conference finals. Yeah, that might have been me. Yeah, I thought it and, was. And, 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 Joe, and, Jordan, and Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, all three yeah. of you, we've on that Raptors bandwagon. And yeah, no. Um, <laughs> they, they, they look good. They look good. Um, and they seem to be 
one of the issues I've I've spoken about in this pod is who is the leader of this team, and they seem to be finally getting an identity of DeRozan being the leader. And it's sort yeah. of flip flops between him and Lowry. But Lowry, and I think this is a, a wise move. He's on his 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 minutes have gone down. Uh, but his actual performance and efficiency has gone up. He's not scoring as many points, but everything else is is the same or more in less minutes, which is which is good. And I think that's I think that's great for the team's identity because it sort of it gives DeRozan the lead, and it also helps preserve the thirty one year old body of, of Lowry as they need him to be not carrying one of his many injuries that he usually picks up just before the playoffs. Um, I still can't quite believe it's Carl Lowry's 11th season in the NBA. He just, come, like, especially because he's shed all the weight the last two years, he just looks a lot younger than he actually is. Yeah, he's a late bloomer, isn't he? He is, because he was bouncing around in Houston at the start of his career, wasn't he? Like, yeah. And, yeah, like, he, he went to Toronto and he's been, almost been part of this rebuild and it was quite amusing um, on Sunday night, actually, because obviously Vince Carter returned to... Uh, to Toronto and he got a he got a fantastic stand innovation at the end of the game actually where they, they took him out and um yeah it was it, it, brought, it brought a tear to many NBA fans eyes I'd imagine and um it, it's almost like a, a, a passing of the torch because you had that era of Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter and obviously that was all broken apart and they were in this sort of state of flux for a few years and then slowly and surely they, they sort of managed to, to work it out and they've just been that team that has been on the cusp of everything the last few years like they've almost been like we said last year you know conference finals contenders and they've been one of the best regular season teams for probably the last two three years now they've made many many changes since then but this year I just think they've got a lot more depth this year than they've had mm-hmm. before and they're getting it from young guys like a lot there's there's three or four guys on this team it's either their first or second years in the league and they're coming out and balling Norman Powell has been so impressive Pascal Siakam has been phenomenal defensively Anobi as we just mentioned like for a rookie to come in and have the sort of impact he he came in with you know you interviewed him before the season began and he had quite I think it's safe to say high aspirations of what he could achieve oh definitely the guy is is he he's not. Oh, what's the word? He's he he kind of exudes confidence. confidence yeah, but, but it's not <laughs> cocky at all. It's kind of like a scarily sincere form of confidence. It is literally like I am doing this. You yeah. can't. It's kind of like it kind of would freak me out if it was in a horror film. Someone's being like that. But like, <laughs> I, I, I have absolutely no doubt, doubt the guy can achieve in this league. I mean, they they seem to be bringing him on slowly, which makes absolute sense given that he's recovering. From uh, the well, he's recovered from an ACL that was in January. Um, he's come back quicker than expected. He's he's managing to knock down the outside shot, the corner three. He's where's where he sits, um, which I wasn't expecting him to be able to knock down this early. Um, and he just he just seems to be being brought along nice and slowly. But he's he's just a guy that I feel that at some point they're just going to sort of let the reins loose on him and he's just going to turn into a beast because he hasn't even I mean he's he's long he's athletic but he's not he's only had one block this season so far and that for a guy if you look at his college highlights is just ridiculous they're obviously like managing him very carefully at the minute um, but yeah he he I think he has a bright future very bright yeah. future. Yeah, and I went through early on and did a little bit of stat higgery pokery because I do that every every now and then. Very occasionally, I get into uh, the analytics of it all. Uh, I might be impressing Joe Holbert at this stage of the podcast. I don't know, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I jumped in and sort of split up the um, the starters and bench efficiency ratings, and their bench is phenomenally good. Like one of the best in the league. They're fourth in offensive efficiency and they're third in defensive efficiency. That's a jump from twelfth. 
um, which is where the starters rank. So that averages out at eighth overall, which, you know, that's quite a considerable amount of impact they're getting from guys like Ananobi and Pascal Siakam coming off the bench. And they've just not really had that years before. Like, I mean, I go back, what, two, three seasons when um, Grievous Vasquez was like their biggest guy, their most effective player coming off the bench. And, but he gave them nothing that was defensively as efficient as what they're getting at the moment. And to get it from a rookie, like we said, and to get it from a second-year player in Siakam is is phenomenal, quite frankly. And I don't know if it's safe to say that Eastern, I think the Eastern Conference has actually got better this season. Like there's a there's more oh, of an overall, like it. yeah, there's more of an overall parity this year because you've got teams like the Knicks winning, and obviously the Pacers are like competing when nobody thought they would, and everything down to sort of ninth or tenth in the Eastern Conference is is uh, you know you could you could end up with a completely different top eight come the end of the season, but. I think they're getting the production from these guys at the right point. And one of the guys I'd like to just look at really quickly is Jonas Valanciunas is a guy who we've, you know, floated around in trade rooms for the last few years and we've said isn't good enough. He's slowly adapting himself to this new modern era. He was one of those guys, for certainly for the first four years of his career, he had no perimeter shot. And he's really developed that this year. I mean, I know we're only, what, 24 games in? But he's clearly been working on that throughout the summer and he was healthy last year he played 80 games which you know was big for him because previously he was he was injured and wasn't the most reliable of guys but yeah I, I really think they're, they're getting finally the impact that they needed from from Jonas Valanciunas and it kind of quells the rumours that I know we can get onto later about trading for somebody like Mark Gasol because I think if you've got a young guy who has shown that he can develop I mean he's seven foot what 270 odd pounds he's a big guy Right. He's a unit. <laughs> he is a unit, and he's slowly just figuring out how to play in this league. And yeah, I mean, I remember he was he was an all rookie f- for his first year in the in the NBA. But I don't know. He was one. Of those, he was just one of those those players that people weren't really too high on. And the Raptors obviously saw something with him. Masai Ujiri sort of kept kept with him. And yeah, like he he could have been beaten out of the rotation quite easily over the last few years, from judging by the, the sort of centers that they've had there. I, I feel he has been. I feel like he um, came in came in expecting to be able to dominate a certain way, and that way obviously hasn't worked in the NBA. The way the games transitioned, yeah. and he's been slow on the uptake. And he went from being someone with a, a quite a promising future and a really high ceiling to someone who was basically unplayable uh, for for stretches of you know important games just because he had he had no versatility. Yeah. Um, I'm see. I know we're going to get onto trade rumors in a minute, but he—he's—he—he he, despite his improvements, and he has got age on his side, uh, uh, and I completely accept players can evolve. Um, he's one of the guys that I would still be inclined to look at shifting. I'll just like he is changing, which is great, but it's whether he's going to be able to change and adapt and contribute quick enough to a team that has effectively win now aspirations because the core they've got now, you know. You, the the young bench guys is great, but they they need they need to win now. I can't yeah. I can't see this window being much longer when you've got the seventy sixers and the Celtics like chomping at the, the heels of the Cavs. Well, yeah, and absolutely. And one of the questions that we we got posed on on Twitter was if the Raptors could make one move, what move would would the, would they make to become a contender? And then we were thrown in another question about. Mark Gasol and where would his sort of best fit be and he would fit into this system fantastically well I mean he's he can shoot the three which is one of the big things that they would they would get extra I mean I'm just going to go back and talk over Valentino's 
stats again, but like I know he said he could shoot the three, but like he he does not shoot it a lot. Like let's let's make this clear. Like ten attempts this season. Like it's something that is clearly he's trying to push into his game, but hasn't quite got there yet. And maybe by the end of the season that'll have averaged out and he'll become more than a you know, a decent three-point shooter. But Marc Gasol's got that in his arsenal already and that's what he gives you. And that's what a lot of the young centres at the moment give you. You know, Carl Anthony Towns isn't afraid to shoot it. Joel Embiid certainly isn't afraid to shoot it. And you need that game. It'll be interesting to see how um, Jahil Okafor actually adapts as well to, to playing in Brooklyn, whether he'll end up with a perimeter shot. I think you have to do it now. Like, it's sort of an adapt or die, really. There, there seems to be two types of, of centre. There is the, the guy who steps out and shoots threes because he has to to survive and then there's the guys that have no chance of shooting threes but are absolute athletic uh monsters like uh DeAndre Jordan, Tristan Thompson, uh yeah. Nerlens Noel who who can't get, you know, more than 4 feet away from the hoop but they are such vicious rim protectors and I don't where where Valanciunas lacks that athleticism to be that defensive stalwart he has no choice but to add that three. Unfortunately, out of, out of the two, it's easier to add a three than it is to suddenly become a ridiculous athlete. Um, yeah. Not saying, you know, obviously he's an NBA athlete, he's probably flipping <laughs> athletic. Um, so I think Gazal would fit fantastically in, in that team. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a likely trade. Um, no, but, they have to give up a lot of depth to, yeah, to get him. That's which a, I'd be wary of. Because yeah. I, I wonder if there is a single move that they could make, you know, say a single move, obviously, you know, realistic single move they could make that would make them contenders. I just don't see it. Uh, but I think Cazole there would just help uh, spread the floor further in the playoffs when the defences sort of tend to, to tuck in uh, and, and stop someone like DeRozan, who himself is not proficient from outside and needs to go inside. It just gives him more room to operate. I think you have to vote the question as well. Like, is a team that consists of Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Sergio Barker, Mark Gasol good enough to beat Boston and Cleveland because that's they are the benchmarks in the Eastern Conference at the moment and I'm not sure giving up the likes of CJ Miles or Anobi who are guys that you would have to put into this trade to make it work and for Memphis to even want to consider it because you know they're, they're in a rebuild they need to do something they need something back and Anobi's 20 years old was a first round pick he's a guy who's got massive upside and then Valentunis is, you know, like we've been saying, the relative unknown who's slowly sort of adapting to the modern era, but it's probably going to take longer than than you'd like. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting uh, sort of well, problems have, isn't it? Well, yeah, because um, Gasol is effectively, I don't like to use it, but like dead weight, like in in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Do, do, what other sort of trades are there out there realistically that they could look at because you know guys like Paul George are being mooted but you don't get the security of retaining him next year um, and realistically how would he fit in being another guy who, who's going to want the ball a lot well, at least with Gasol he, he's a pass, passer as well and he brings a defensive uh, presence whereas oh, George is a good wing defender don't get me wrong but he he you know sucks the life out of the ball really and I think that's why OKC are probably having some problems uh, themselves and then you've got you know is is, is one of the, the two big men in the Pelicans going to go Cousins maybe I think Cousins would fit well in, uh, yeah, in Toronto yeah. and he would give he would be able to spread the floor as well and give some of that defensive protection um. Yeah, 
that there are options out there, but I'm not really sure any are realistic. Uh, and and I certainly don't feel that anything that is realistic, yeah, is gonna is gonna suddenly make this team uh, a legit contender. And because... the, Cleveland, the Cleveland deal doesn't make any sense because like if you're if you're losing the at the end of the year as well, and you're going into a rebuild, you don't want Mark Gasol sitting, you know, taking up another. What's he got? Three years on his two years on his contract after this season. I've got yeah, I think it's two thirty and a half million something like that. Like he's gonna be sitting there as sort of a yeah a roadblock. I mean. Nikola Vucevic, possibly. I mean, Maybe. You'd have to probably throw in some assets to to make that work, but would Orlando jump on that? I mean, I, 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 what are Orlando doing at the moment? <laughs> yeah, uh, Orlando. They, they like, started like they start out so well. A, a phenomenal start to the season, and then Sean Guest writes an article about them, and it all goes downhill. So, yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's, he's an awkward player to move. I mean, I know... During the summer, there was rumours that Milwaukee were considering Jabari Parker plus, I think it was Malcolm Brogdon for, for Marcus Gasol, which would be an interesting one. But like, if you're the Bucks, that kind of shows that you're going in for a win-now mentality, which doesn't make much sense considering sort of the average age of your your roster, really. And you're getting rid of like a guy, Jabari Parker, who's not really had 82 games, shall we say, to prove himself. When he's played, he's been phenomenal, but he's had, he's had so many injuries since he entered the league. And then you're gambling it all on a 32-year-old who, you know, is at the end of his career and kind of just wants yeah. to to win now. So if you're saying it like that, it's Cleveland or maybe even OKC in sort of a straight-up trade for Steven Adams. But if that is, to, that's a whole kettle, you know, kettle of fish yeah. at the moment. So That would be insane if, it, if he ended up... <laughs> what, what an era we live in when teams would just load up with, with stars Superstars. like that. yeah. It'd be crazy. Um, there'd be no more, um, you know, moaning about who's who's taking the last shot because Mark Gasol would just beat the other t- the other three to to death. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, I th- that would be an interesting position for. I think Stephen Adams is incredibly underrated. I don't I don't see many big men run like he does. He he is up and down that floor, uh, just a, an absolute workhorse. Um, I I think the OKC problems extend. I don't think Gazol being in there would fix them, if that makes sense. I think it would just add to the frustrations that many of them are suffering with at the minute. No, but so, I mean, I mean, we can we can talk about the Thunder briefly because I think they're they're amusing to talk about. But, but I watched them against the Knicks the other night, which was obviously Canelo's return to the Garden. He got a lovely intro video and standing ovation, and then they came out and they literally wet the bed. They were awful. The Knicks, without Kristaps Porzingis, came out and effectively destroyed them and you had Doug McDermott and Enos Cantor putting on, you know, some of the games of their lives against former teammates and and running them off the court effectively. Like the Knicks look legit this year. Yeah. Le- legit? Uh, legit playoff. Legit legit as in they'll get to the playoffs, like yeah. Not they, as in legit they, gonna win the finals. <laughs> <laughs> they they've looked the uh this is the most exciting I've seen the Knicks in a a while and what I like about it is this is the season where I've heard the least noise from Knicks fans about how good they've been. <laughs> We've got a super team. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. They're, I mean, they're, they're, where are they at the minute? What, sixth? Yeah, yeah, they're 16 and 13. 
Which is which is great. Remember the last time they had a, a plus five hundred record and were sat in a playoff seed? They've 2011? won four straight games and they haven't oh. had Chris Ups for two of them. Well, well, for one and a half of those. Yeah, I know. He's ruining my fantasy standing. <laughs> Jarrett Jack's like come back from I don't know what he was doing, sipping sipping you know drinks on a beach in Hawaii somewhere and <laughs> balling yeah, out. I, Tim Hardaway I, looks like he's worth the contract. I mean, at the start of the season, you wouldn't have ever put the Knicks above the the Bucks. Um, no. <laughs> I, I wonder whether Gazol would actually be a good fit there, you know, because uh, Ooh. Ooh. because Ooh. it's gonna it's gonna help it's gonna spread the floor. It's gonna take off some of the more physical defensive assignments from Paul Zingas. Uh, he's an incredible passer, and that's only going to benefit guys like Paul Zingas. So it's just whether they could put a package together to 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 get him there. I was going to say, I don't even know if that works. I'm trying to fire up the trade machine really rapidly in the background to see if we can get anything <laughs> yeah. to work. But that's uh, that's an interesting one. It, I think it, I think it would be interesting. Um, I just and I just think as well, like even though this is Paul Zingas's team, because always just got so much sort of experience and knowledge that what what trade have you put together? Okay, okay. This this is the sorry. This is a stupid trade. Um, Mark Gasol for Noah. <laughs> <laughs> See now, hang on. How long has Noah got left? Three years. They've got the yeah, three years, seventeen and a half million. Yeah. So theoretically, if you if you want a Gazole out, and a if he's and a, just, if he is a problem, have has a problem with the organization, which is what people have said he has. But so is there how much potential? I don't even think this would be realistic. But you could take Noah <laughs> just to get him off the books. Then you could wave and stretch his salary over. What is it? Five years or something? Like that? I can't remember how many years you can stretch it over. So yeah, it's a wedge of money to give up. But you could you could well, just kickstart the the rebuild. You, you'd you'd want to pick and return as well. It depends obviously. how much the Knicks want to commit because the Knicks have actually obviously got some space as well. You could trade Enos Cantor straight up for Marcus Soul and. Oh, poor like, old Enos like, Kanna. He can't find a home. He's a beast this year. <laughs> he's a turnstile, though. 23.2 this season. Yeah, but he, yeah, because it rewards offense way more than defense. <laughs> he's literally like, ah, uh, yeah, he's a turnstile. But yeah, he can. But this is what he did in Utah as well. People, people forget, like, because yeah, he had a year. A in, yeah, he had a year in at the Thunder where he was. Was it a year? A year and a half. Where he was sort of, you know, off the bench, second string, not getting a huge yeah. amount of looks, so his numbers dropped. But when he was at Utah a few years back, he he was putting up big numbers then too. He was. He was stupidly efficient with the Thunder as well. Like yeah. Just coming off the bench and, and getting buckets, but not doing much else. <laughs> that's, uh, his, apart, that's his apart, career. Apart from, apart from standing out of the way of um, Ross and his rebounds. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to bring it up. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> right. Kobe, briefly. Yeah, I figured we'd have to talk about this because you are tonight, a Kobe tonight, fan. tonight, or should I say tomorrow morning, or whenever you know this is going to happen by the time this podcast comes out. So it'd probably be yesterday. Of no, of no interest <laughs> to anybody, but yeah, Kobe's um, Kobe's re- retirement jersey, uh, re- retirement jersey, retirement ser- uh, ceremony is uh, Tuesday, three thirty in the morning. Lovely time for a you know early wake up in the morning. You can actually, you can. Oh, good. Okay. No, I was going to say no, you can get. <laughs> So no. I wouldn't be surprised if you did, because I, I know stri- that you've, uh, you've, got, you've got your, uh, what they called, I want to say a bleacher baby, whatever that cuddly thing is you've got. Oh, right, yeah, the, the bleacher toys from Hardwood Ventures. Yeah. That was the shameless plug there. <laughs> <laughs> i got James Harlem as well, they, they just sit on the window together. We've got a code for them, haven't we? Yeah, we have. MWDC8834 for 10% off all orders at harbourventures.com. 
Oh, we're getting so good at working these into the show. Almost, yeah, almost. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Kobe, I mean, he's a guy who's fade away, has inspired a, a generation of NBA players, whether that be LeBron James, DeMar DeRozan, or you know, even young whippersnappers like Devin Booker, who I know Ross McLeod's a big fan of. Um, you know, I don't really know what else we should really um, say. He kind of bowed out in style last year, but I think this might just be... Um, does this just put the end on, on it all? Sort of the the exclamation point or the full stop? Finally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I sat here shaking my head because everyone calls it... the. You can tell what generation people are from with, oh, the Kobe fadeaway. He nicked that from Jordan. Jordan nicked it from someone else. <laughs> it's just, come on now. Like, I, admittedly, guys like Booker, where they're so young, they never saw Jordan. That, that fadeaway is, is Kobe. That's why... Booker wears Kobe's shoes and is obsessed with him, isn't he? Um, <laughs> Why well, Kyrie secretly meets with him in the summer? Yeah, so <laughs> Plot he's, been an the king. <laughs> he's been an inspiration to so many people playing now. Um, but there, there was a time, and this, 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 you might get feisty here. There was a time where he was in the conversation <laughs> as the the greatest of all time. I think it's fair to say now he wasn't or isn't. Yeah, this is because um, analytics have taken the forefront of everything. Yeah, but <laughs> there's part there's part of that, and then there's part that he he never caught Jordan, and LeBron is just eclipsing. No, in my opinion, like, he's if, eclipsing if, Kobe. If our generation comes out and says LeBron James is the best player of all time, then everyone who watched Michael Jordan kicks off. See, no, well, this is. I think that's a legit conversation that we should I have. I think it's a legit conversation. I'm sure we've had it before. Like, I think LeBron yeah. James is legitimately the best all around basketball player there has ever been. Yeah, and like the, the things he's Jordan doing. Jordan may like, well be the greatest offensive basketball player there's ever been, but he was not the all rounder that LeBron James has become and is continuing. I mean, what? LeBron's got another five years, at least six years left in the league? That's what's scary. He's what, on year 15 now, isn't he? Yeah, if he wants to hit, what? Kobe did 20, wants to hit 20. Uh, Kareem did 21, I think. Yeah, but Kareem was like wheeled up and down the court in his last year. <laughs> he he had was it his I can't remember. I say I can't remember. I wasn't around for this. But either, <laughs> How either, old are you? Yeah, exactly. So either Kareem or Doctor J, when they did their like you know their retirement tour, like Kobe did last year, one of them yeah. was given a rocking chair for <laughs> a game. I can't remember which one it is. I've got a feeling it was Doctor J, but brilliant. Nothing says you're too old to be playing this sport than have a granddad seat. Kobe Kobe got like an OKC book that was signed by Durant and Westbrook. That's going to be worth something, man. You should keep that. Yeah, he, he needs the money. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's crazy. Right. He had a good career. Would you, would you pick eight over 24 or vice versa? I'm going to pick 24, but that's purely down to the fact that it was very difficult to watch um, number eight Kobe in the early 2000s living in the UK. See, I'd go 24 too, uh, as as sorry, 24 as well, not 24 too. 24 too. Yeah, uh, because that's where he led teams to championships. That's where he got his MVP. Like, not to, he says, not to take it away and, from yeah, him. Yeah, and he wasn't on a <laughs> like the te- the 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 teams that he was in when he was wearing the eight were legit, like all time great teams. I wouldn't oh, yeah. necessarily put the 2010 Lakers or the 2009 Lakers in, you know, the very top echelon of, of sort of basketball teams. Whereas that team that had Shaq and, and Rick Fox and everybody, like that was legit ridiculous. Uh, and which one was Devin Georgian? He was in the earlier ones. He was legit. <laughs> That's our favourite that word tonight. I'm sorry, I've yeah. started this off. It's going to be a new trend. I apologise. <laughs> No, like that's. I, I think like 
a lot of the stuff he did in number eight was fantastic. So that was the eighty-one points, uh, the Slam Dunk Championship, which that team. Slam Dunk Championship that wasn't that wouldn't even get an eight these days, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and yeah, he's you know he he wins that he he get the well the ninety-eight All Star Game was was yeah. a, a coming out party. The hair. Jordan. Hair. That's what it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be eight and twenty-four. It should be throw and bald. <laughs> That's how you should define the two eras. I, I do like how the narratives now suddenly changed. Like, did you watch um, NBA on TNT the other night where they were talking about Kobe and Shaq and No uh, Ernie? Ernie was like, um, "Oh, you, 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 you two, you know, you fell out or whatever, and that's why you couldn't win more championships." Or it might have been Chuck who said it. And then Shaq was like, no, 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 we didn't fall out. It was a business decision. The team decided to trade me. It's like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, totally not. Well, it was part business decision because isn't there like um, Shaq wanted a new contract? Yeah, and he's he like wanted running a up, yeah. Running up the court shouting, pay me, pay me to uh, <laughs> Jerry Buss. <laughs> yeah. Feels, it feels so long since like he's been in the league, actually. It does because I think the last two, three years, certainly since he suffered that Achilles against the Warriors, like it just wasn't... Kobe. Yeah. So we kind of just forgot about him and every time he came back it was like it was almost a he was almost a laughing stock or you know a spectacle. But, yeah, and that final game that he gave us was just like let's just side it off and and leave it there I think but you mean they, that um, classic Kobe game. Yeah, yeah, that classic <laughs> analytics game that all the analytics fans love. <laughs> I just <laughs> I just love the fact what did he put up? 60 points. 60 points. Uh on 20, 22 50 yeah i knew it was bad <laughs> uh, but to be fair he got four assists which was probably a career high and he hit the game winner as well like <laughs> but it was against the jazz team that just found out they weren't going yeah, to the they playoffs they weren't going to make the playoffs i remember that yeah oh. yeah that was uh, kobe that was I, a... I did like kobe like I, I know i hate on him a lot but <laughs> he was his his like constant pursuit of of winning and just absolute intolerance of of losing uh was just something incredible like do you remember the i think he was on jimmy kimmel or something and they showed celebrations of the young lakers uh winning a game his face just shaking his head it was just yeah no i like that competitor yeah, and it's it must be difficult being Brandon Ingram, who like moved straight into his locker and everything, and it's like, oh god, I'm in Kobe's locker. What do I do? Yeah, man. <laughs> so well, maybe got... that's what's affecting him. Yeah, maybe maybe it is that. I don't know. He's got a bit of a legacy. The young Lakers are a, are a bit of a an odd one at the moment. No, but nobody seems to quite know what to do. But like, I saw that Kobe was um is sort of teach is coaching in his daughter's leagues at the moment, and like, well. Oh, Imagine going out there and being like, "Oh God, Kobe Bryant's coaching the other team," and and he's coaching them the triangle. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even joking. He's, you, he's you a... can't, how can he win the triangle? He doesn't have Michael Jordan or Kobe. Well, exactly. <laughs> you need one or the other. You you got you know it just doesn't work. We, we, I think the Knicks proved that quite epically. Well, yeah, the Knicks. Ah, uh, yeah, hmm. yeah, that yeah. was a, that was a bad year. Anyway, yeah. onto the Christmas Day games, onto the Knicks actually. Um, We've got the Knicks at the 76ers, which is the five o'clock game on Christmas Day. Who's going to take this one, and what are we we looking out for? If Chris Knicks Stapps 76- is back, this is going to be Chris yeah. versus Embiid, but we don't exactly. know if he's back yet. And that's what I think will be interesting, is if we've got those two healthy, the way that Embiid's been going at people this year in, in like the public forum, 
uh, of Twitter. Oh, uh, God, and, he's the new Shaq. He's amazing. Uh, but he's yeah, he backing it up, though. Like, the way he goes at people to get them into foul trouble, I want to see, because Paul Zingas has a, has a tendency to get a little bit uh, handsy and, and get a lot of fouls quickly. Um, <laughs> which I know, yeah, handsy's <laughs> not the right word. Um, but and I, I know that uh, our friend Carl Moon will attest to that and the frustrations he's had with uh, Porzingis's inability to to avoid fouling. Yeah. So it'll be good to see how they pair up. I've got, I can't wait to see Ben Simmons again. I just I just like the kid. He's yeah, just he's too had a bit good. of a drop off the last few weeks, but like um, he, saving I, it up. Yeah, even when I was watching um, oh, what's that thing that KG does on on TNT? Area Twenty One. Yeah, they had um. Dr. J was on there and was like, look, I, I, you know, I was speaking to, to Brett Brown. I was like, you got to trust the process. And he was like, I generally didn't think Simmons would be this good. Like, it's it's, it's funny how you get a, a legend like that who was obviously well-versed in the game, didn't quite see it. And then, you know, Ben Simmons comes out and does what he's been been doing, which is incredible. I mean, fewest games to 400 points, 200 rebounds, 200 assists. It took him 26 games to do that. Only Oscar Robertson's beat him, which is nuts. <laughs> it took LeBron thirty four. It's crazy. It really is crazy. He, and he, he he just he doesn't shoot a jumper. He's so old. Like he just we've said it before, but like it's it's just great watching him go. You know, back to the basket. I'm gonna beat you up, and then I'm gonna either dunk on you, or I'm gonna fire out an incredible pass. And that's another thing about this Sixers team. Embiid can pass really well as well. Yeah, yeah, he can. I, I like I like the way this this team plays. I like the way they move um, off the ball. I think uh, I, I I always like JJ Redick. Uh, I just I just think the guy is he, he just constantly moves, and it just creates so much difficulty for for the defense because you can't leave him open. Is ridiculous as well. Yeah, even and with then, someone in his face. Exactly, and, and then it, so they they have to cover him so tightly. It just opens up so much more room for other guys. Covington's been good this year as well. There's yeah. a load of them that are just yeah. As long as so health permitting. It's going to be. It should be a good matchup between those two, but seventy six is for me. Yeah, trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> um, the eight o'clock games: the Warriors at the Cavs rematch of the finals. This one's really weird because there's quite a few injuries and things at the moment affecting Dubs, but it doesn't seem to stop them from tearing apart the Western Conference each night. Cleveland are rolling into form. Yep, but I still don't think they've got enough to to win this one. I think they might because I think the Warriors might just not turn up. They just well, uh, yeah, like they did against OKC. Yeah, they're just they're just it's weird. They're like maybe in second gear at the minute, where other teams are, are sort of pushing up towards fourth. Yeah, they're they're just sat there like, nah, it's okay. We're just gonna we're just gonna get to to April and then we'll uh, then we'll turn it on. I've heard Steve Kerr talking about it, and he said, "You know, I'm just gonna have to go with it." But these guys really aren't interested at the minute. Yeah, and it's just like okay, brilliant. Like three, I suppose three years of of playing that many games and and just night in night out. It's just gonna take its toll, to like, like on everything. And if you don't feel like you're being challenged, then you don't you don't get up for it really. I no. I can I can see the Cavs taking it. I wouldn't be, but I think this would be a close game. I don't think it's going to have anywhere near the. Uh, oh, this is I'm doing a really good job selling this one. I don't think it's going to have anywhere near the finish last year. So was it last year? Someone hit a game winner. Was it Clay hit a game winner in Christmas Day yeah, last year? Yeah, in Cleveland. Yeah. So, I think I think Cavs are, are on paper. We'll, we'll take this one. Um, 
not probably not well yeah on paper even more if it was paper in 2011 um <laughs> but yeah calves no, 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 no. I, don't, I, 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 I think it'll be. The, I just think the Warriors just that they've waited, they wait all year for this this game. Like any game against Cleveland, that's it. That's all they they care about, and it doesn't matter whether it's just Durant out there and or whether it's just Clay out there. Like there is going to be enough on that court to to win the game. And let's not forget, like, you know, Jordan Bell. Like he's been fantastic, and he's kind of almost thrown a spanner in Steve Kerr's plan because you've got a stat stuffing young kid coming off the bench and it's like, well, we could try and work him into the rotation, see what he can he can do or we can keep him where he is. And a team that is that good should not have a problem like that. That should be the sort of problem that, you know, a, a terrible team has like the Kings or something mm-hmm. and they have a player coming off the bench who they should be forcing into the starting lineup. But a team that's got four, four, all, four all-stars, four Hall of Famers, you know, in the starting lineup, should not be worrying about you know a young guy who's what Jordan Bell's twenty two something like that twenty one, like to to have him forcing his way into a starting lineup and to you know being impactful. This team's going to get to the playoffs and they're going to be hopefully rested and hopefully healthy. But like then we've just got to add up the fact that what was this their fourth the fourth straight finals? Yeah, well we've we've had. We've had three of them. Yeah, we've had three of them. So it's definitely the fourth We're one. We're losing track. Yeah, it's there's so many, but uh, I I I'm not bored of it yet. Um, I like it. I can. I, I don't understand that. You can, it's for, it's also forcing a lot of these other teams to get better now. And I think it's doing that. It, it like it's it's not. Yeah, obviously you've just said that. <laughs> I think it is, but I think we're actually seeing them getting better. It's like teams are, are getting people- smarter offensively as well, which is one of the bigger biggest sort of catalysts that they've they've pushed. Yep, and and I think and it's always going to be behind the ball, but defensively as well. Everyone complains there's no defense being played. I I disagree with that. <laughs> I just think you always play catch up to the offense and. The offense is uh, the way the game's being played now is just becoming so ultra efficient and um, it's sort of evolving constantly. We're still seeing ridiculous amount of threes being taken. It's up again this year, and yet the number of blocks are similar. So if there's, the percentage of threes are going up, then people are having to get more efficient protecting the rim because there's less shots that have taken place in there. It's just I've I spent a lot of time going through a big ass spreadsheet the other day just looking at the historical you love growth. Your, of you the, love your Excel's. Oh, I do. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got it on my screen somewhere. And I was working out like uh, efficiency and block block percentages and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's just interesting that um, the average block per games haven't gone up. But the percentage of opportunities to realistically block shots at the rim has gone down, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's got it's got really strange now that it gets to the point where you're disappointed when a player can't hit a three. Like I don't know, there, there'll be a switch in the paint and it'll kick out and there'll be a wide open guy and and he misses it and it's, it's you know even if it's a guy who doesn't normally shoot a three you're just expecting it to go in because of the way the league is at the moment and you know with Houston tearing it up and winning 13 straight and they they average like 30 something point threes a game 35 threes a game was stupid and going back two years ago everyone thought they were mad for just chucking it up but now, now everyone's doing it yeah I, I just and I think we're going to continue to see it increase it's just it's just absolutely ridiculous until, until someone works out a way of 
of getting people off the line and having protection in place under the rim, they're, they're, it's just going to keep going up. Yeah, a team of Anton Decumpos. Yeah, well, they ain't shooting any threes, are they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they, might, they might stop some. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so we're, we're at 28.7 is the league average on threes this year. That's crazy. And it's so it's gone up every year since 10-11. Mental. And, yeah. and it's gone up for like in that time period as well. It's gone up over 10 threes a game. It has. It's like we've almost witnessed it. Like we've yeah. been doing this five years. Like it's grown and grown and grown, and we saw the Warriors rise and everybody rise against it. It's got to the point now where you've got like a backcourt like in Portland that's you know McCollum and Lillard, who in any other era would be like considered fantastically awesome. Like not that they're not considered fantastically awesome now, but they're just not because they're considered not good enough to be on the yeah, same level. Despite the but- fact, offensively, they are fabulous. Like they're they're so good to watch. And they can, they showed it last year in a couple of the games against the Warriors, like they can keep up. They just, the problem is at the moment, you've got these good teams like Houston, like Cleveland, like the Warriors. If you fall asleep for five minutes or you have a three minute spell where you don't score, that's it. You're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, it's, it's, it is crazy. And I think we are i don't want to say golden era but there is there is just so much talent now that not making an all-star team so you look at these some of these guys you don't make teams and you think how on earth if you looked at them in a bubble how on earth is that guy not good enough to be an all-star in this league it's just it's just incredible and whether that's i guess that i guess that's a product of of just the the way that training methods and health and everything like the approach to to just being prepared for a game yeah has evolved that it's just heightened this this uh it's just heightened a player's ability to to be at their best consistently it just makes me wonder how many other guys in history could have been that much better that and that have just sort of slipped by the wayside but even the greats how much better could they have been if they'd have been through this sort of thing love it it's crazy love it right uh, Celtics Wizards, the half ten game on on the Monday night. We've been told by Mo uh, Moonsey to to fully admit that the Celtics are the only team going to win this game. <laughs> and and Josh threw something in through his hat in uh, uh, the ring these, as well. All these Celtics homers coming out the woodwork. <laughs> yeah, was, I, I was really surprised when uh, when we we put the question out earlier uh, in the Slack that uh, the Celtics guys came back saying. Definitely the game to watch is the Celtics game. I, I didn't see that coming at all, um, <laughs> but I, I do agree with Josh. This this is a this is becoming a rivalry. I wonder how quickly it will stay a competitive rivalry. I can't even say that. That then <laughs> flipping me R's and my W's. I've got rotism. Um, <laughs> anyway, what was I saying? So yeah, rivalry. Uh, the, the way that the Celtics are evolving, I I wonder how long this will remain competitive. Because uh, they had a little push up last season. Is that why it's a rivalry? Because uh, they, yeah, well, they don't like each other. We had the funeral game. When was that? Last oh, was that last year? Yeah, or the year that was before? the playoffs last year. It was great. Let's all they, dress up in black just, and turn up to a, yeah. a playoff game. They don't like each other. It's it's good. I like it. I, I like the fact that there's competitive aspects to the game. Still, people complain that there's not rivalries. Well, here's two good teams that don't like each other. I, yeah. Well, but well, Boston are going to win. Will win it because it's like Brad Stevens is such a difference maker at the moment and. It's a, we almost need to go through and rank like the tiers of coaches because like it's almost like you've got 
Brad Stevens, Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich is like a league of their own above everybody else. Scott Brooks is a good coach, but like he's not. Brad Stevens is, you know, he he's turned Kyrie Irving from this guy that nobody thought could could sort of carry a team into someone who's who's doing everything and more and putting in a, a more than valid sort of MVP case. And then you've got the, the young guys like Jalen Brown coming in and just having such a big impact. And most of me is saying 65, 75% of that has got to be Brad Stevens. Like, they, you're telling me they'd get this if they had somebody else coaching, like Jason Kidd, for example. Yeah, no, I, I completely see where you're coming from. I think that a lot of it, his ability to work with the youngsters as well, comes from the fact he worked you know he came from the college from background college, he, yeah. he must be able to relate to young players the way he's got Tatum playing has been fantastic was he averaging over 50 percent from three or something stupid Jason Tatum's um, stat line is ridiculous and his efficiency like somebody was posting something the other day that said he's up there with nearly every major sort of veteran player you can think of in terms of efficiency like he just does everything so well for such a young guy, it's it's a bit scary. Like, the know. the only flaw that I've spotted in his game, um, and it will it will come with time, is when he goes to the hoop, he gets stripped a lot. Like um, as he's as he's as he's in his gather to go up, so many times I'm seeing it now. He's he's just having the ball taken away, and that's just literally a tiny little fix for him this yeah. off season is just where he brings where and what how he times his, his gather whether he he seems to bring it almost straight up which is just fine you stick a hand out but if that's the only issue you've got with a rookie 25 games into a season then you're laughing and I remember in the summer just being really excited by him in summer league and having to temper everything else I was saying and, and you know this is only summer league he's not going to be that good well, yeah. he is that good we did the same I mean, with we, Donovan Mitchell exactly we've, we've done it with a few guys this summer and we, even last year Ben Simmons so maybe like you know we've said before you know summer league is not uh, necessarily a fantastic <laughs> no, just measure for yeah well Lonzo was up and down in summer league to be got MVP didn't he yeah, well yeah but like, oh, I retract like, that statement then summer league you can't judge anything but, on summer but, league. <laughs> but, but Lonzo's just like you know you just mentioned that Tatum's got one thing to fix like Ball technically has one thing to fix as well, but it's such a big thing to fix that it's going to take him the whole of the off-season and maybe even longer because, like, even if he's driving to the right, he has to stop and pull up and turn left because he just physically can't get his shooting motion off without it being blocked. So he has to rework his whole shot. And I think Fultz is is coming up with, or or tried to, the brief spell that we saw Fultz and Philly this season, like, has, has also tried to change the way he takes free throws and things. But... Like Lonzo is is a you know big box of questions at the moment because that's that is not a simple fix. Whereas Tatum no. is going to be quite a rapid fix, and maybe it'll just come with experience. If if they don't get him in this summer, all day, every day with a shooting coach, yeah, they they are stupid. And, and if like, he's not he, winning, he looked good in college, Lonzo, because they don't defend in college. Well, and because. How many guys on a college team are NBA athletes? Well, One, maybe yeah. two, maybe four if you're Duke or Duke, however you want to call it. I'm a Carolina fan. I'm not going to pronounce it properly. And he had the liberty <laughs> to just sort of pull up from wherever he felt like it, whereas he he does not have that liberty playing for the, you know, the Lakers at the moment. Yeah, well, again, that's the other thing. It's it, it, I mean, it's not his comfort zone yet. He's not the dominant guy on that team. 
Uh, I thought it was interesting the stuff that LeBron was saying to him through his shirt, which was picked up by a microphone. Um, yeah, I, that's that really annoyed me. That did. It's like, it's, no. <laughs> why did some idiot post that on Reddit? Well, what I didn't get, right, I, I thought someone would have picked it on a microphone because there were so many cameras behind him as well. But what there was I didn't a guy get with is, a phone over his shoulder. If you don't want to be heard. Do it in the hall afterwards. Yeah. Do it in the hallway. Just like walk walk out the back. Why is stand in the middle of the Staples Centre, which of all the arenas to stand in, probably has the most media interest? Why do that and then just like go? Oh, it's a private conversation. And yeah, I'm just going to cover my my mouth. I'm I'm actually I've just covered my mouth as I did it then. Um, well, it, it was a quicker mode. It was it was an away game, wasn't it? For the Lakers, it, it wasn't a home game. So. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. I just remember. Oh, hold on, let me. Oh, it's because they now start flipping the uniforms they wear, isn't it? Yeah, they've got. Yeah, I've lost track of Why? how many uniforms there are at the moment. They've changed road and home to whatever it is an alternate. Oh, man. <laughs> Damn you, I Nike. Just, yeah, yeah. Oh, shake my fist. There's still some nice kits though. Those jerseys are nice. <laughs> yeah, if you've got the money and they don't rip, you know. The, rip, yeah. the ripping epidemic, as we, we're going to call it. That seems to have stopped it has, now. It's disappeared. Down. It's almost like they've they've figured something out and then they've changed everything. Which Maybe they decided to stitch admit, them. But yeah. Anyway. Do you remember the sidetracked? Do you remember when Nike <laughs> had the same issues with the England rugby team? Yeah. So if you if you can't build a, a rugby kit to, to yeah, withstand you're ripping, not build a basketball <laughs> yeah. Shirt, are you? Let's be honest. <laughs> um, okay, right. The one o'clock game uh, on the Tuesday morning. So Boxing Day technically. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thunder. If at you rock. are not turkey drunk turkey at this drunk time at this or point. normal drunk. Yeah. Right, yeah. Or play with your new Xbox and NBA 2K or whatever it is you do on Christmas Day. Um, Kids these days have two screens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thunder at Rockets. Uh, Rockets all the way. Is this you know this is the uh, the the last year's MVP battle again? But yeah, we didn't really talk about Russ being probably the problem. But it, you know, well, um, yeah, Houston. They're they're so good right now. They haven't lost for Chris Paul on the floor. The fact that they can just filter out between the two as well is. Is ridiculous, and at the moment, I know we, the MVP race, like you've mentioned it the last few weeks, and last time I was on, I spoke about it. But like James Harden and LeBron James, right now, they make scoring look so stupidly easy. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's petrifying watching those two play at the moment. You're just there in awe. Like they they like I, I've not since maybe Camelo in his prime have like the you know five or six years ago have I seen scoring just look so effortless. Don't, I, I don't even think Carmelo in his prime is, was as good as this. Oh, some of the games he played in New York, like that first year he was in, in the Garden, like he was, you know, balling. But Yeah, no, I, I don't dispute that he was uh, a better player then. But I feel now that... Uh, uh, yeah, so I don't dispute that uh, <laughs> at all. Uh, I look, I look. I think this is the kind of game where we could see Melo put up good numbers. It's going to be his kind of game where you just literally, it's just going to be chucking threes. Yeah. Um, but at this stage in his career, he's. I think he's a v- incredibly overpaid, just wing spot up shooter. Is how I feel about him. Yeah, which I, is disappointing. I generally forgot how good Paul George was as well. Actually. Yeah. This. I mean, this could be. An incredibly fast-paced, high-scoring, ridiculous shootout. Yeah, and I really hope it is. Well, they're two uh, teams that have been designed to beat the Warriors effectively, but one of them's just not really functioning very well at the moment. 
Yeah, but and and they're both top five defenses. Yeah. So we're gonna if 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 it is a really high scoring game, it'll be interesting to see what both teams try and do on defense because that if you've got two top five defenses and and a ridiculous offense from Houston and a pretty poor offense from the Thunder, it's going to be. I, I just I, actually I think I might this might be the game I'm most excited for. You know, but I've got a feeling I, I won't be conscious at this time. <laughs> it would be difficult to stay awake yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I think Houston have got a lot of depth this year I mean, we've we've talked about it before but I, I think you know Luke and Barmute and Clint Capella there's just so many guys on that roster now who you have you would trust to, to play significant minutes and to to have a significant impact but I think Chris Paul also has made everything look so effortless this season mm-hmm. like he's just been almost rejuvenated which is really funny because you go back to the opening game of the season against the Warriors like when he came out Houston looked so much better but since then it's almost like he's sort of learned to he's almost adapted to the pace at which Houston play at maybe maybe that was the issue like adapting to a new team coming in he wasn't ready for it and I know you know he was injured so he couldn't play yeah but being around the team watching them play each day being in the practices just helped him assimilate with the system they use so when he came back he was like this is what I've got to do I know I know how it goes because they are flying I didn't think he'd be able to adapt I thought he'd struggle uh but at all times now they have a legitimate uh ball handling passing just dynamo with the ability to score the fact that you've got two guys we said this last week the fact that you've got two guys averaging just about 10 assists each yeah that's that's as many assists as the thunder averages a team <laughs> it's just it's nuts oh they're, they're so much fun on 2k as well just, just, just <laughs> want to finish that with that bit. um uh, then the the final game the 3 30 a.m game if you make it up for this then seriously well done pat yourself on the back um <laughs> lakers timberwolves who's winning this one i mean timberwolves 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 with their 25th ranked defense. With a terrible defense, and Carl Anthony Towns looking completely uninterested this season. He's been so up and down. He has. Really... It's almost like he had the weight of the world upon him going into the season, and he just hasn't. He just can't be bothered. Yeah, it makes me. This is. Uh, this is going to be a, not well, kind of a hot take. It makes me question, <laughs> like, whether he's a legit superstar. Ooh, it really does. Ooh, ooh, that is a hot take. <laughs> it is, because we've seen games this season where he's gone up against the big boys, and by the big boys I mean like uh, Embiid. Bullied by uh, Embiid. Yep. Then you've got AD and Demarcus holding him to six points. And I said I said a few weeks back. That's so gonna, funny. <laughs> exactly. If you're gonna be in if you're gonna be the big man, if you're gonna be the the, the future of the league and the franchise and a franchise which has championship ideals with you leading the way you've got to put it to these guys you can't get beaten up by them um and you can't I, lose to the phoenix suns after having a double digit lead yeah that's what I've all the all the all the wizards without like john wall like they would they had a double digit lead in that game as well that was that was like two weeks ago but it, it, i mean i still think it's an identity thing for them but it's just bizarre that the uh, the Tibbs coach team of such terrible defense. I still can't get over that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's making me question whether he's a, a legit superstar because it just doesn't make sense to me. You, you you should be taking these people on. Like, was it the GM survey last year where he was the 
Um, yeah, they picked him as the most player you yeah, most likely want to start build a, a franchise. franchise yeah. With. yeah, and and this year, I, I guarantee it's not him. They wouldn't have, like based on this year's performances. No one would be doing that. He would have very very few votes. No, it's, and he's almost had it up all for him the last few years because we've been so worried about Embiid and his knees. Mm-hmm. Whereas now. Embiid played what forty eight minutes or something the other night, a career high in that triple overtime game against the Thunder, which yeah. was a bonkers game, and he was pissing everybody off, which was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I love that place when it's buzzing. When there's a great close game, that is the place to be. Right, seriously, if anyone's going to the states, get get yourself to Philly and watch a game there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carl Anthony is averaging twenty and ten, but that seems like it should be a lot higher for someone who we we were expecting to be, you know. Mm-hmm. If one of one of the best, if not the best, center in the league this year, and defensively he just does not look engaged. But I'd, maybe, I'd, have, to look, I'd just... have to look into his defensive efficiency and things, but he just does right, not look it, bothered. It, it, I'll tell you what, I looked at it last week, so it's obviously had a week to change. But he had one of the best defensive ratings on the team. I think the other one was, oh god, bench player gets hardly hardly any <laughs> minutes. Um, but he he had, it was still a net negative. It was like 109 or something like that. And and then everyone else was like 113, which is just crazy when you've got Jimmy Butler as well. Yeah. So it, it's it's not great. It's better than the rest of them, but... But there's there's clearly no buy-in there from a team that you would expect to to buy into that defensive mindset. So is it a question then of, of, of load then, which is the buzzword this year? Well, Last year was parity. You, you mean like they're playing 40-odd minutes a game or... Yeah, so that there's there's heavy loads. Like there's been a lot of conversations about that recently, and I've I've read this a few hasn't things been on tips, it. Though, like yeah, it's just absolutely, the way he is, unfortunately. <laughs> but but you'd think like he would learn from past experiences. You can't you can't have like a an attitude like what's that phrase about? Uh, the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yeah, what's he what's he ever managed to do by playing these players with? Heavy minutes. He made conference semi. Did he make a conference final with the Bulls? Uh, yeah, they might have lost the Heat. The and, Heat, yeah. Um, and he, but, he's like single. He, he was he, he, like you have to go back and actually look at that Bulls team and look at Joachim Noah and De- and Derek Rose and where they are now physically. Dang. Some of that dang. Some of that's got to be down to the fact that they were playing stupid minutes in games that they were ahead or, or whatever, and they just didn't need to be on the court. Mm, maybe yeah, I think there's there's definitely sort of uh, a conversation that should be explored there. Um, Deng led the league in minutes, and I remember reading a quote about uh, when he got, like literally weeks after he'd gone to Cleveland, uh, <laughs> someone had said they felt missold, like when you bought a car with forty thousand on the clock, and then you get home and realise it's actually got ninety five. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, "Oh, that's that's great." Um, but you know, Deng's not been the same since he he left the Bulls, and no, it's uh, hopefully it's not going to be the same way for, for for Butler. But I've also seen, I've also read bits about how, how that sort of counter that in that the way that rest and recovery is now. Um, you log in, they're logging all their minutes on the court. The practices are light. They're not. They're not. They're not putting themselves in what the the doctors call the red zone for injuries. And there's the argument then that the the reps and the workouts are better to get on the court than they are in the practice room because you can't rep- practice room practice court because you can't replicate <laughs> a game in practice if that makes sense. 
and I, I do wonder whether this is just a development year for the the Timberwolves as a whole. They're just gonna they're gonna go through this year and go, okay, we've seen what's happened, trying to get the, our heads around these ideas. This is what we need to do next year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they are completely different and back up to a top fifteen, top ten defense. I was gonna say because offensively they're what fifth, sixth, like they are one of the. They'll make the playoffs, like, and that'll be oh, yeah. the big oh. that'll be the big moment for Minnesota sports fans. But like, I like Jeff Teague. He spaces the floor for them really well. He he's certainly helped out, you know, increase the, the efficiency of that offense. Jimmy Butler is as good as ever. Like I was dying when the Lakers didn't even try and attempt to get him last summer. But um, they're gonna be they're gonna be there. But yeah, it might just be a case of it's maybe a year too early, like we were last year when we all thought they were going to win fifty games. <laughs> Definitely, and and we're nitpicking here. They're in fourth last year, last season. They they finished thirteenth in the conference, so they are they are leaps and bounds ahead of where they were last year. Speaking of which, I, when we go on uh, win losses, I predicted sixty two plus for Houston. Looking good now. It's looking good. Did you put money on it? No, I didn't. I didn't put it on it. I did put a stupid MVP bet on, but with Kawhi Leonard, and then I was like, "Oh, he's not gonna actually." Like, if he came yeah, back and won, MVP, if he came bet. back and won MVP now, it'd be the most incredible thing. The best bet I've put on actually is to Clay Thompson to hit over three hundred threes this season. That's got to be in the bag. How many does he normally hit? I don't know. He was. I can't remember. I met, I sent you a message like two weeks ago, and he was. Yeah, he yeah. was just under a hundred, I think. <laughs> Twenty four so games in. That's good tracking. <laughs> it's just regular season, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you should. He should clear that easily. Yeah, he had like two hundred and something. I don't know. I'm going to Google it now. There <laughs> we go. Clay Thompson three pointers made. Let's let's go for it. Come on, Google. Don't let me down. Three pointers made. So he's got. He's two. The top he's ever had is two hundred and seventy six in fifteen sixteen. So he's got to beat that. He's already at 101. God, you did that quick. Have you got Alexa or something? No, I just I live on Basketball Reference. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Basketball Reference. Right, that's all the Christmas Day games. There's some good ones on there actually. There, there. Um, I think there is. I think yeah. we've been we've had some good I like games. The early ones actually. Uh, Nick 76 is that's going to be that might be something to really you know get your teeth into. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the, I, the earlier I, the better. I'll be watching that. Of falling asleep. I apologise to all my family in advance. I will I will either be sat in front of the TV or if you try and force me off it, I will be there in front of an iPad. <laughs> right. Um, anyway, if you are watching the Christmas Day games, you can join us on Twitter using hashtag NBNUK. We'll, uh, we'll be interacting with all the fans as always. Hopefully there'll be several of us up. I say several of us. There's like 20 of us at our team now, so hopefully... At least one person could make it and manage the manage all five, but that West Coast game is always a, a tough one. Um, counting on Joe for that. On, yeah, counting on Joe, Joe Holbert for that one. Um, please do check out our. Um, do we call them sponsors? I don't. They're not. They're not our they're, presenting partners. Our present, yeah, there you go. See, you can tell you've been doing this the last two weeks. Our, um, <laughs> check out check out our presenting partners. Uh, shop leaningcom uh, for sort of sports gear and, and everything. I actually nearly bought a um, leaning running jacket on Amazon the other day. And then I was like, hang on a minute, can we not get anything? Can we not get this? Uh, there's probably one of those in a, in a stash bag somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll have a look for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, um, check them out. They've got, they have got some good stuff. Uh, and the, have, have you seen CJ's new uh, logo yeah. on his shoes? Because yes, that's pretty yeah. fire. They're certainly okay. making waves, I think, which is which is you know a positive, and and the brand awareness as well. Like 
it's getting out there, I think. Whereas yep. when we kind of first were contacted by Leaning and it was like, you know, that never really heard of them because obviously we're British and like the major sports brands are, you know, Adidas and Nike or whoever. But yeah, Leaning are legit. I mean, anything is possible, right? Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the list of players they've had before, like Shaq and Baron Davis are on there. So there's 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 legit NBA players have 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 put faith in their shoes. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to trying a pair. I want to I want to try the the Ushways, which are what Evan Turner wore last year, and yeah. I think CJ's worn them a couple of times this year. They look absolutely gorgeous. Right. We will hopefully bring you a pod sometime next week after all the Christmas revelries and stuff have ended. And then we've got to get the hype up for NBA London, which we're attending. So we should probably get on the hype wagon. I'm already all over that hype wagon. It's going to be epic. (laughs) I I think I'm the only one on it at the minute, though. I've started my advent calendar. I'm just counting down to the 11th. I'm just sitting here hoping there's no significant injuries to any of the players involved. That is my Christmas wish. That is my Christmas wish. Yeah, if we get one thing, we could, we just we just want to see Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving, please. Oh man, it's going to be so good. It's going to be good. Right. Anyway, you can catch us on Twitter at Double Clutch UK. We're on Facebook uh, forward slash Double Clutch UK. If you are listening on iTunes, please leave us a review. We we appreciate those. They help us get up the ranking. And for those of you who are unaware, we are currently on a magical new platform called Spotify, which we think you might have heard of. Um, so go on there and, and follow us and then you can stream us without having to download anything and it's magical and yeah I love Spotify it's great I, I don't really use Spotify but I understand it's great get with the times I I like my iTunes I thought you were going to say I like my, my, my cassette player and stuff then. I, I, like, I like my vinyl <laughs> I like my records <laughs> right anyway <Look. laughs> we'll catch you soon guys have a good Christmas